Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Chair Shot Podcast. I am your host, Joe Turner. Joining me, my good friend, Paul Griffin. Hello, Joe. Yeah, we're back after two weeks. We are. Um, because you were our birthday last week. Yeah. Very happy sounds. I'm 31 now. Thank you very much, Joe. <sighs> Jesus. But what age was I when we started doing this then? It was two, February of 2021. Yeah, it would have been 21. 21 going on 22. Fuck. It's a long time ago. You know, your, your best years. Especially. Yeah, well, that reminds me, we're only, sure. we're only, uh, what would be, five months away now from being a 10-year-old podcast? Yeah. Doesn't it's feel like we've been doing it for 10 years. It's, it's been an interesting decade. Yeah. Anyways. Um... The crumble of civilization. Well, let's keep the old crumble of civilization guff for the actual ten year. When that gets, when we get to the ten years, we can look back at everything we've uh, we've seen and learned. <laughs> Who was the prime minister back in twenty ten? Jewish, someone else. Ooh. Um, yeah. So, how have you been this week, Paul? What have you been up to? <sighs> Just feeling older, mostly. Yeah. 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 Um, no, obviously, I wasn't here last week. I've kind of had a a, a birthday week, almost. Ooh. In the vein of something that Michelle would enjoy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, let's go back all the way to Saturday. Uh, the... What was Saturday? Been the 7th of September. We went out to OTT, which I guess I'll talk about briefly at the, at the end of this podcast. Uh, OTT Road to 5th Year Anniversary uh, Myself and my brother went They put on a very fun show Ooh. So the birthday magic was already working its wonder uh, New venue new, new nice fun venue uh, Bought myself a t-shirt Yes Joe I know what you're wondering Is it one of those uh, Super smart David Starr independent t-shirts Why yeah. yes it is one of them Thanks very oh, much for asking. Big Mark. Um, Congratulations on being worked. I know. Uh, he he smart worked me into a work smart shoot, brother. Uh, so that was a Saturday. That was a nice day. Then Sunday, uh, for my, we had my birthday dinner, right? Myself, Natty, and my brother went out to my favorite steak steakhouse steakery eatery, FX Buckley's in Dublin, Oof. and had some fine steaks they're very very good uh monday was the actual birthday yeah so we were back in rohini and uh i got a nice little surprise birthday cake which i wasn't uh, expecting so it was very nice and got some nice gifts some nice presents um i got a couple of board games because obviously I'm I'm a big board game, card game guy. Uh, of of late, I enjoy my my Uno. I enjoy my Monopoly card game, my uh, Batman Flux, which is also a card game. Uh, so I got I got given a board game called Ticket to Ride, Europe edition. Yeah. Uh, by Natty, I got a game of Jenga, official Jenga. Um. And my brother gave me uh, Super Mario Sunshine on the Nintendo GameCube, uh, which I played a little bit of, so I'll talk about that later. 
I played that. That was the last Mario game I played. Oh, there you go. Um, it, so. I think that's the last one I've played that I've not finished. Yeah. Of the mainline Mario games. Anyway, um, Tuesday then, we went on a little holiday for a couple of days down to Killarney County Kerry. Mm. Down in the south, very south uh, west of Ireland. We were there Tuesday to Thursday. Uh, come back on the Thursday. Then on the Friday, um, Natty got some news. Uh, she's going to be starting work in a vet clinic in Dublin. Ooh, well done. Very nice. So happy about that. Congrats to her. Birth- you notice here, the birthday magic still hasn't stopped working. Mm, yeah. right? Saturday... Uh, everyone's favorite TV series. The writers were doing a good job this time. That's the footy. Uh, Man United win, and Man City hilariously beaten by Norwich. <laughs> and then Arsenal only drew two all today. So it's like, oh my god, a full yeah. week of birthday magic. Right. Everything has been turning, turning up Griff House here this week. It does mean Liverpool going to win the league now. Uh, that's okay. It's <laughs> that's kind of felt <laughs> inevitable for a few years now. Five points clear already. <laughs> Well, the way I look at it, Joe, all right, yeah. is we're having a, what's ostensibly people are talking about being a very bad start to the season, right? Yeah. Uh, top four and only two points behind Man City and only uh, one goal, goal difference, off being third. So mm-hmm. uh, not that bad, to be honest. Not too bad. Not I'll too take bad. that. Uh, Man City have only got, what, two points better than us, so they're like the best team in the world. So how bad are we then? No, clearly, <laughs> clearly not very bad. Um. So yeah, so it's been a it's been a very oh. Also, I started my job. I didn't even talk about that. That was the week before. Um. Okay. Then it was obviously off all of this week for the yeah. birthday. Uh. So yeah, quite a lot of good stuff happening this week. Uh. As I said, we went down to Killarney for a few days. We had a hotel down there. Took the train, three and a half hour uh train journey each it's way. A journey for. Not a massive country. Yeah, well, it's that's pretty much as far as you can go in Ireland without yeah. going from the very, very tip top to the very, very tip bottom. Like your typical long trip in Ireland is not going to be more than three, four hours. Yeah. Um, we passed through Limerick Junction, where I'm Ooh. sure uh, young Barry Murphy has uh, been once or twice. He's a uh, dog sitting today, by the way. That's where he is. Yeah. Um. So we went down on Tuesday morning. We got up very early. So in all in all, our journey was we woke up. We, t- we took the Dart, which is the local Dublin inner, inner city train. Mm. We took that into the city center. We took then the Lewis, which is the Dublin tram service, to the other train station. And then from there, we took two trains to get the three and a half hours down to Kerry. So it was mm. probably all, all in all closer to four, four fifteen hours of uh, traveling first thing Tuesday morning. Um, we got down to Kerry. We're staying in a nice hotel in right in the center of Killarney called the Ross, um, where we kind of got set up. We walked around the town a little bit. We we're scoping out the sweet shops because... I remember when I was very young, I went to Clarity and there's a very nice sweet shop there. So we're scoping out the sweet shops, trying to find the one for my childhood. I think we did find it. Um, bought some sweets, of course. Um, we went for a swim because the hotel had a 
um, a sister hotel up the road which had a leisure complex and spa and that. So we went for a swim, sat in the jacuzzi and that. That was very nice. Mm. We went for a nice dinner. Uh, in fact, we went for two nice dinners. Um, so if anybody listening is ever going to go to Killarney, right? Two little recommendations here. First of all, uh, Max of Main Street. Don't worry, folks. It's not a McDonald's, though we did go to a McDonald's also one of the days. Uh, Max of Main Street. Very nice restaurant. Very good service and very good food. Um, but it was just kind of a traditional, I guess, Irish restaurant. Mm. And then the second night, we went to an Italian restaurant called Robertino's or The Med. Equally good. Also very, very good. Also good service. Uh, so two very nice restaurants to go to if, if anyone listening ever finds themselves in Killarney, County Kerry. Um, one thing about Killarney, though, that I didn't realize, maybe it was the case when I went when I was very young, but it's especially the case now, full mm. of Americans. What? I'd say there were more Americans than Irish people there, to be honest. Oh, God. Um, oh, you need... I don't know, American listeners might know this. I, I, I realize America is a big place, so maybe it's not true everywhere in America, but there must be some kind of like package holiday deals that they sell. You know, go to Ireland, and it's... Oh, the real Ireland. You go into, you know, fly into Shannon or whatever, yeah. and then a coach takes you down to Killarney uh, 30 at a time, and they have the restaurants already set up, and, you know, all the... Uh, so many Americans, it was crazy. Um... And on the way down um, in the train, there was these pair of Irish guys. One of them was just fucking hammered out of his mind. They were drinking on the train. One of them was drinking like a Bulmers, I want to say, like a cider. And the other one was drinking like (laughs) little bottles of Smirnoff with like seven up in it. And he was just, where are you from? You fucking yanks. I kept calling them Yanks as well, which I'm sure they loved. Why are you fucking up with this Trump fella? And I wanted to like, <laughs> I wanted to jump in and save them, to be honest, because this guy was so fucking annoying, right? Um, I had a, I had a very tiny interaction with myself at the end of the old train journey, but we'll get that in a second. So he's fucking <laughs> slurring his words, barely, his eyes looking two different directions, probably, at these poor American couple. I think they were from like, I think they said they're from like North Carolina or something like that. And they're just kind of humoring them in, in the way that, you know, a pleasant everyday American would, but this guy was so fucking annoying. Um, and this was going on for like an hour, by the way, this wasn't like a, a brief conversation. And then he fell asleep or no, for an hour. Oh, he's just so loud. He would not shut up. And then anyway, we're, we're, and every time, uh, like, okay, all of these, by the way, Americans were like all probably in their 50s and 60s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, all, all retirees. Like, on, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, shorts. Hulk Hogan white skin. Socks, white socks up to the Leathery. Knees. Yeah. But every time one of the ladies Backpack. would walk past, <laughs> like, this is like a 60 year old woman would walk past. And it is a fine looking girl. <laughs> Um, and then anyway, I when, when when the train arrived, we got up to leave, right? Natty went out in front of me. And I, I'm anticipating that this lad, when Natty goes by, go, oh, fine-looking gang. But he says nothing, right? But then when I'm going past, he puts his hand up 
and like with extends one finger and kind of prods me in the chest right it's probably oh, your ghost right. shirt i don't know what the fuck it was i grab his hand and throw it out of the way so don't you fucking put your hand at me i oh i would have knocked him unconscious if i <laughs> if he had got any further than that but um That's but yeah, otherwise, Clarny was a very nice uh, stay. We had a nice little holiday. Um, we saw some wild deer in one of the parks. We we went for a walk down to this castle, um, which is about half an hour south of the town, uh, because the town is next to like this big lake, big park. And we went down. On the way to the castle, we were talking about the possibility of seeing some wild animals, maybe a badger or something. Um. And uh, we didn't on the way down. We scoped out the castle. That was pretty cool. Ross Castle. And then on the way back, uh, we were just chatting. And Natty just grabs me by the arm. Dear. And I look and just... There was sure as as she was correct. There were deer, wild deer, just in the kind of woods next to us. And got some pictures of them. That was, that was pretty cool. Um... And so that's the deal with Killarney. Like I say, I started my new job as well the week before. That's been pretty fun so far. Um, I'd been a team leader previously at my work. And one thing I like about the new job more... <laughs> well, first of all, it pays me more money. But um, I like that I feel a little bit more autonomous in my work. In my work that uh, I can just work in my reports, work in my you know analysis and so on, and not worry about... 20 people which i was doing before and one thing that i would kind of take not personally but when you're a team leader you're almost responsible for the work of the 20 people that work for you so when one person fucks up in a sense although you aren't responsible you're answerable for it and that was one thing that i'm happy that i don't have that responsibility anymore um but i'm enjoying the new job so far and natty starts her new job tomorrow so we wish her luck and I'm sure all the listeners will, will wish her luck as well in, in uh, the vet the vet clinic down there in Dublin um, <laughs> uh, what about yourself Joe what have you been up to wow. these last two weeks interesting, interesting couple of weeks um, so yesterday uh, we went out for some birthday drinks with an ex-colleague mine whose birthday it was mm-hmm. um that was fun went to a pub it was a very disorganized pub we went in uh this, this bar staff were very grumpy i think they were on sort of understaffed or, or just too right. busy and then we were like oh okay we were there really we got there a bit early as well it was supposed to start at seven and we got there at 6 30 because we wanted to eat and then we were like we have a menu and he was like oh you have to go upstairs to get a menu i was like oh, okay oh, let's get a menu we went upstairs and you know, you got your typical pub where you just go and order food at the bar and they bring it over or whatever. This sort, of, this place had more of a kind of restaurant upstairs. It still looked like a pub, but I wasn't sure if it was a restaurant. So we went in and I asked for like menus. The woman gave me some menus. Then we went and sat down. And then I went up to the bar to order. And the guy was like, oh, you know, it's table service. But don't worry, I can take your order. And I'm like, I don't want to have to go into a pub and try and decode the bloody ordering system just give me clear instructions as to what's going on so anyway that was fine luckily we, so we both had fish and chips and it turns out really really good so um 
That was nice. There's a very nice big piece of fish, some lovely, uh, slightly crispy chips. It's uh, a piece. So that was nice. Um, then we just uh, stayed and had a few drinks. That was uh, it was good. Nice. It was good. Nothing to know. A bit of a strange pub, but uh, yeah, that was nice. Uh, and then today we went to the London Podcast Festival. Um, Were we on it? Well, that's what I was expecting. But uh, right. when I got there, they didn't know anything about it. <laughs> so I don't know what. There must have been some kind of clerical error uh, in the lineup. But yeah, I suppose, okay, next year okay. for the 10th, the 10th anniversary show. Um, we'll, we'll sort it out. But yeah, we went because Michelle got tickets to see a live recording of a podcast that she's a fan of. It's called Off Book. Is it? Yeah, it's called Off Book. It's an improv comedy musical podcast. So I believe every week what they do is kind of take like a random subject and turn it into like a full-blown musical over the course of an hour. Right. Um, so they do a whole bunch of different songs based around characters that they kind of improvise as they go along. I've never actually listened to the podcast. Didn't even really know what it was until you know we got there. I said, Michelle, what is this? She said, oh, it's a podcast. Um, so it was quite fun. I didn't really know the people that were the hosts. They're not um, particularly famous, are they? What are they, like comedians? They're just comedians who can sing a bit, I guess. They sing pretty well. Um, I'm not like massively into either improv or musical comedy. Um, I think the last time I enjoyed it was when I was watching Have I Got... Um, no, Have I Got News For You. Whose Line Is It Anyway? Uh, when mm. I was a kid. And you remember they do like the musical bit at the end where they'd go... Dun, 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 and then one of yeah. them would do a song or whatever. It was like that, but for an hour, basically. Um, but it was very clever the way they kind of come up with the story and referred back, yeah, referring back to things that were kind of done off the cuff early on. Um, some, you know, some very fun, funny lines. Yeah, I probably wouldn't listen to the podcast, but I did, I did enjoy it. Um, what I didn't enjoy was the audience. Okay. Now, quite possibly the most insufferable and obnoxious audience I've ever been a part of. Um, I mean, I know. Indie wrestling fans are bad, but they've got nothing on musical theatre fans. Right. Um, so before it started, we had these three Americans sat behind us going on and on about their uh, musical theatre performances and their, their their music troupe and their chorus and discussing stage. Oh, they were so annoying. And then this and, and one behind me kept kneeing me in the back of the chair every three seconds as well. I don't know if he was quite tall. It wasn't the biggest like theatre that we were in. Maybe he was tall, but he kept kneeing me in the back, which was really fucking annoying. And I couldn't really turn around and tell him to shut up because uh, you know, I might have upset You could have sang to him to shut up. I had a, could you please stop kneeing me in the arse, <laughs> you twat. But yes, yeah, so there was that. And then oh, this guy next to me. He was very theatrical and he kept, he was laughing at things and I, I'll do an impression of him. Please brace yourself and brace your ears. I'll do the impression. Okay, here we go. So imagine they sing a funny line and he goes, <laughs> literally about five times during the course of this podcast. Right. Like that. God, they were nighting. I guess like if you go to a musical comedy podcast all the people that get and it's kind of like 
the whole thing is like a kind of satire of musicals in a way because they're kind of aping the sort of style and the cliches of like th- that you get on like a, a stage musical. And so I guess if you're into that, you're going to be into your musical. So it was that kind of people. Um, but the other thing is they at the end, they kind of do a little thing where um, they let the aud- yeah, people from the audience come up and ask questions about you know the production, as it were. Yeah. Um, and so, oh, you know, you, people couldn't wait to get up to this microphone with their little prepared line to ask a question and get their little joke in, including the twat sat next to me. Um, and the, the guys on the stage were really good. I really, I thought they were funny, very smart. The audience, I could live without. And this really is why I think podcasts are there to be listened to when you're alone at your own pleasure not sat with other people yeah reminds me of that time though i went up to ask a question at the ufc weigh-in i was like i was like a little dave Meltzer. uh well um (laughs) you know um, and i remember vividly the question was something like because this was fucking this was 2014 this was pre conor mcgregor being a big star right i think it was just as he was on on his way up and i was like well do you think it's important for (laughs) for up-and-coming fighters to establish like a personality as a means of kind of becoming a star oh yeah i love conor mcgregor thanks next question oh, <laughs> brilliant oh dear so that was that so it was fun. That's too bad um speaking of podcasting yeah. um i don't know if i mentioned this on air no i didn't mention this on air but it was about a month ago my headset broke um being the dynamic individual that I am, I still haven't bought a new one. Um, so I've still got one headphone just dangling down, hanging on by a wire uh, on the side of my head. Right. Uh, and I've actually got, so the, the kind of plastic, um, you know, like head bit that, that goes over the top of your head. Right. Uh, that's kind of broken and it's sort of splintered at the end. So what I've got is like a plastic um, placemat stuck between that and my head. Um, to stop it from uh, digging into my um, my temple. Okay. Um, so I'm thinking I, I did look at headsets and stuff, but I don't want to spend like twenty quid on another crap headset that breaks. So I'm thinking of getting like a proper podcasting mic. Ooh, like like them people on YouTube work up. Yeah. So I'm looking at these blue Yeti. What the thing is, they're like over a hundred quid. But I found one. They've got a blue Yeti Nano USB mic, right. which is seventy seven pounds. Okay, it's a bit more reasonable. Um, so you will still need a headset, though. Yeah, but I can just use headphones, can't I? Yeah, just like regular headphones. Yeah. yeah. So I was thinking because it's really the mic that's the important thing. The headphones, absolutely. Just get a, a decent, you know, little headset. Hmm. Um, so I'm thinking of buying this as an investment, as a 10 year anniversary present um, for the Church Shop podcast. So I'm, I'll decide by the end of the show whether I'm going to get that. But next week. Um, if I'm coming through loud and clear, it sounds like I'm sat behind you. Then you'll know, you'll know what's happened. But if you still are sound like you're being jabbed in the head by a broken little bit of plastic, yeah, yeah, then I haven't bothered to get. <sighs> That's life, guff. Yeah, oh, very long life, guff. So a lot of stuff going on there. Mm. Yeah, we have. Oh, well, I haven't got any movie guff, so that's. That'll be a quick, quick. Well, actually, you've seen ten films. So. <laughs> I uh, think I've seen seven films, which isn't isn't ten, but is one every two days. It's 
pretty good. Um, before we get to that, have you seen any TV? Have, Joe. The listeners are going to be very sad, though, because they cannot make fun of me anymore for not being able to watch a, a 10 long episode series in, in, in one go. Like, because we finally watched to completion The Haunting of Hill House. Ooh. Of Spook Manor. Ooh. Uh, we watched it. It was very good. Good. Did you watch that show? Did you watch it all? Nah. No? I was, I was, show doesn't really like the spooky stuff. And, I, not, and neither do you, to be fair. I'm not a massive... I'll, I'll watch it, but I'm not, you know, a massive fan. I definitely, I definitely would say that it's kind of on the tamer side of spookiness. Yeah. It's not. It's not really got a lot of like. It's very little gore, if any. Um, not really any jump scares. Maybe one in the one or two in the whole series. Like, um, I and I think definitely the the of of what scares there are, are definitely kind of front loaded in the first maybe five episodes, because the last four we had what we had previously watched. The first six episodes and kind of stopped, excuse me, stopped there mm. and picked up from episode seven to ten. And definitely the last four episodes are a lot more, a lot more, um, kind of dramatic than scary, I would say. Mm. Um, I think it's a really great show, a really excellent show, definitely worth a watch. Um, yeah, it's, I, I would say, like, uh, of the stuff, uh, TV, movies, etc., that I've seen, I probably wouldn't put it in the top tier when it, like, I put it in the top tier probably of quality wise, because I thought it was really good. But in terms of being scary, I think it's pretty tame. I think it's more good than scary. Some of the early episodes are a bit freaky and have a few good little, not even scares to them, but a, a few good, like, spooky character design and stuff like that but um maybe around halloween give a give an episode or two watch <laughs> see if you enjoy it yeah i, I think I, I thought it was really very good and everything uh to my mind is is kind of resolved satisfactorily mm. um which I, I was kind of worried about especially when you have a series that sets up like you know what's in the mystery room? That can that can sometimes be a bit of a wet fart uh, when it comes to the actual revelation. As was the case in a series that I really enjoyed, uh, True Detective season three. That was the one thing I didn't like was it had one of those like mystery room mysteries, and then ultimately it kind of was a bit the revelation was a bit weak. But I thought it was very very good performance wise pretty good across the board um again no real name stars in it but everybody very good in it all the kids very good in it um and yeah mike flanagan made it he's kind of one of the more reliable names in modern horror um i don't know if he's going to be involved in to the same extent for the second season i'm kind of hoping that he will be um they've already announced the follow-up uh, the Haunting of Bly Manor uh, to come out next year. So I'm very excited for that if he's going to be also involved because I think he directed every episode of this uh, this this series. Um, 
yeah very very much enjoyed it um sorry i left it for so long to the point that it became kind of a a meme on our little podcast here but um it's great and it's definitely worth a watch um that's all i gotta say about it oh nice um i've not watched anything really brand new uh continuing to watch the second series of succession Mm -hmm. um have you you haven't watched that yet have you no it's really good probably my new favorite show now that game of thrones oh really uh, it's over okay yeah just really look forward to it it's kind of it's got that kind of family weird family dynamic um just mm-hmm. really interesting and, and kind of just lots of fun shit in it um so really really look forward to that every week um other than that i've been watching also holly hunter was in it this week she was a guest star she's really good i just love her accent um Watching that, also rewatching The Crown as well, ahead of the uh, third series in uh, November. Uh, big Crown fans don't like the royal family. I'm a Republican, but I have to say The Crown is really good. Um, following the escapades of the royal family. And we're very much looking forward to them getting to the uh, 1980s and introducing the real big guns, Thatcher, Diana. Um, recently Gillian Anderson cast as Margaret Thatcher which is kind of interesting choice mm. um, so that's good yeah but that's, that's been it for Telegraph how long um, is each episode of Succession out of interest it's, it's an HBO show so it's f- 55 minutes an hour yeah that's the thing with the those Netflix shows as well like Hill House was the same every episode was like an hour yeah. the finale was I think 71 minutes um, and that is kind of to me that is one of the stumbling blocks when it comes to kind of committing to a series I'm not sure about it's, you know with Brooklyn Nine-Nine or whatever 20 minutes yeah. in and out okay yeah that was good whereas the commitment to give even a show like I'm sure Succession is great but to give it even like three episodes you know it's a three hour yeah. commitment so that's a bit of a pain but um, only two only two seasons so far, so that's not bad. Mm-hmm. Um, you want to talk about a movie guff? What do. game? You got any games? I have a few games. Well, obviously, I've been playing Super Mario Sunshine, as I talked oh, yeah. about. So I I own Super Mario Sunshine. I owned it on the GameCube at the time it came out. Um, never completed it. I must say, I don't remember how far I got, but I. I, in my head, I've probably played it for about 15 hours. No more than that. So I didn't get very far. Um, and what happened was we have a cousin who has a child with some kind of, let's say, on the spectrum somewhere. Okay. And we gave our our because they had a Nintendo Wii, but really enjoyed playing the GameCube games. So we gave our a lot of our GameCube games that would be suitable for a kid to play to, yeah. to this child. So I don't have any more. Super Mario Sunshine, Wind Waker, a lot of the games of that era, right? Um, but with Mario Odyssey coming out the other year, beat that, loved it. Um, Super Mario 64, one of my favorite games, beat it 100% to completion, same as I did with Odyssey. 
Um, I, I always kind of had a hankering in the back of my mind to, to go, go back to that one Mario game that I never really gave a chance and never really mm. gave enough time. That was Super Mario Sunshine. Because it's never been re-released. Um, yeah. It's kind of stuck there on the GameCube. <laughs> you can't get a remastered modern version of it. There's no, uh, as of now, there's no um, like digital store. You can go and buy the old game. You can only play it on the GameCube. Um, so I asked my brother, given my birthday was coming up, he didn't know what to get for me. I said, look, there's a game that I I would like to get. Uh, it's Super Mario Sunshine on the GameCube. So on Amazon, there was somebody reselling an old um, player's choice version of it, which is like the cheaper option. Like When it comes to games like that, you know, on... GameCube, PlayStation, etc. They'll they'll bring out like a, a range of of cheaper titles that have been like the most successful games. Um, and typically, collectors won't go for those. The collectors want the original release. So this one has, for example, a big silver barrier around the the corner of the uh, the case. I don't really give a shit about that. So I only want to play the game. <laughs> so I say, get me whatever. Get me the player's choice version. I don't care. Um, so I've been playing it a bit. I probably played it for about two hours last week. Um, and uh, it's real fun. Um, the one thing that I kind of have to wrap my head around, though, which is one of those quality of life uh, things that just didn't exist back then, is that the the camera control is inverted. Right. Which means when I'm playing my Assassin's Creed, for example, right? If I want to move the camera in one direction, let's say swing the camera around to the right, around to the left, you move the the right thumbstick on the PlayStation one way or the other, right? Yeah. But Mario Odyssey is the, is the other way around. So moving the 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 same stick left will move the camera in the opposite direction in Mario Sunshine as it does in Assassin's Creed. Mm. Mm. And there's no option to change it. This is just how it is. Yeah. Uh, so although I'm enjoying it a lot, the one problem with it is the fucking camera. Not only the inverted controls, but like the camera will just get locked behind bits of the world. And you're there's one very early boss battle where the boss is like flying and you have to shoot him down. But you can't fucking aim the camera up so you can't see where he is half the time. Because the camera is looking down at you as Mario on the level. Um, so you're kind of wrestling with that, but um, otherwise, a fun game it was fun to. Uh, I'm, I'm playing it on the Wii because the Wii was backwards compatible, so I have the Wii set up uh, again, playing Mario Sunshine on that. Um, luckily, I still have all of my old GameCube memory cards. Remember memory cards? Because uh, you can't save your progress without one. So luckily, I, I still have. I don't think I ever lost any of my GameCube memory cards. Somehow, I've kept them all. So I'm saving my data on that hopefully it doesn't get corrupted or anything but uh really enjoying that um still playing the assassin's creed dlc that i've been talking about on the podcast it's so fucking long though like when i got the dlc i was like yeah i'll play another 20 hours of assassin's creed that'll be real fun so the dlc is split into two parts right the fate of atlantis and the first blade and each of those parts has each each of those stories has three parts three sections right I'm still on the first part of one of those stories, 
and I'm 16 hours in. So this DLC is going to be longer than the fucking main game at this rate. So I'm hoping that it's kind of it speeds up a little bit because this is taking me way too long to beat it. Um, still fun, still great as always. Although uh, I have a new game this Friday that I'm going to be playing because I already have it pre-ordered on the old Nintendo Switch. Yeah. Link's Awakening, Legend of Zelda, Ooh. the new version. So I'm very excited to play that. That's an old Game Boy game from the mid mid 90s I'm very excited to play that still, still never played a Zelda game ah uh, Joe you're missing out yeah, it isn't it given that I was a Nintendo kid yeah I only ever owned Nintendo consoles but I've never played but Zelda but never played a Zelda game I think it was the sort of orcs and norks element I never never. it's very orcs I know, I know yeah it's not overly orcs and norks is it but it is a little bit. A little bit orky and orky, but it's... ever into orky and orcs and norks. It's more... I would say it's more willow orcs and norks than Lord of the Rings orcs and norks, you know? Some of those other games are real good, to be honest. Right, movie guff. Movie guff. Seven movies to talk about. Uh, I we watched the Phantom Menace, Star what? Wars. My brother, my brother listens uh, apparently listens to a podcast where they talk about the Phantom Menace. Um, probably a comedy mm. podcast. I don't know. And I have it on Blu-ray, so he he wanted to watch it. So I sat down with him. Have and it, it on Blu-ray. Well, I have I have the whole six original Star Wars movies on Blu-ray. Okay, fair enough. In a in a box set. set, a box set. Um, the only Star Wars movie I don't own on Blu-ray is Solo, which I'm yet to buy. Solo. I have all. I have all the rest. You should get it. Yeah, I mean I've seen it. Sorry. Um, Phantom Menace. I kind of go back and forth on it. I mean, it's bad. Don't get me wrong. (laughs) Neither neither of the fourth is. Hey, may the fourth be with you. Neither of the back or forth is that I believe it's good. It's just in terms of how bad I think it is. Sure. Uh, I think Attack of the Clones is, is worse. And I think Phantom Menace gets a bad rep for being the worst one. I don't think it is the worst one. I think Attack, Attack of the Clones is the worst one. Because mm. that's the one that has uh, Hayden Christensen comes in as Anakin. Who oh, sand. It's so coarse. It's everywhere. Oh, shut up. <laughs> Everything is just green screen in the whole movie. And so yeah. the whole movie is just people looking out windows. It's boring. Um, whereas I, I think The Phantom Menace has a few bits in it that are actually good. Mm. I think the score is really good. Dun, 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 dun. That's all good, right? I think the pod race... Liam Neeson? No, Liam Neeson's rubbish in it. He rubbish in it. He rubbish. I think the pod race section is actually pretty good. And I think the lightsaber fight at the end is done quite well. Because it's, it's not quite, you know, a new hope. Two old men barely moving, clacking sticks. But no- hey, Paul, it's not about the sword fighting, mate. It's about the story and the characters, yeah? <laughs> it's not about <laughs> somersault. Alec Guinness, who couldn't give a shite enough to move. <laughs> mm, Darth, like let's, fucking... let's very slowly hit sticks off each other. But n- neither is it Attack of the Clones, fucking Yoda doing Will Ospreay flippy-doos, right? Yeah. 
the 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 lightsaber fight in Phantom Menace is for the most part what I believe the two skilled swordsmen fighting would look like. Right. I think that's I, the, apart from that, the film is trash. <laughs> but it does have some good bits, which attack attack of the clones doesn't even have. Um. So this latest rewatch of Phantom Menace. Um. I'm back on the 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 bandwagon of of like it's it's dreadful. Um even despite the bits which I think are good, which I still think are good. Um the movie makes no fucking sense first of all, okay? There scenes just happen and scene transitions happen and you're like, "Wait, wh- where are we? What's happening?" Like there's one bit in it where one of the characters is talking about the Viceroy, right? And I, I, I asked out loud, wait, why is the Viceroy important again? And then I thought to myself, why the fuck am I asking why the Viceroy is important in a Star Wars movie? That's not something you should have to ask yourself. Um, turns out the, vo- the Viceroy is critical to uh, revealing the plot that's going on by the racist... Asian characters um, and their plot to, you know, undertake Queen Amidala and her uh, peaceful regime so they can attack the racist undersea people of Naboo or something. That's the plot of the movie. It makes no fucking sense. Um, Natalie Portman is rubbish in it. Jake Lloyd is rubbish in it. His mother... Smee or whatever her name is, which is also Smee was the name of the character from Peter Pan, wasn't it? Yeah. Anyway, the actress doesn't even speak English. Um what else? Yeah, it's just it's rubbish and it makes no sense. It's really bizarre watching it, given that this was the first Star Wars in was it sixteen years when it came out? Was it sixteen years between Jedi and Phantom oh, Menace? More than that, wasn't it? Something like that. Yeah. It's bizarre watching it again. It's just you really, really have to pay attention to what's happening because if you you miss one little line, you, you don't know what's going on anymore. Um, I couldn't understand what Jar Jar Binks was saying half the time. Um, because he's just so over the top with the accent. Um, yeah, it it's it's rubbish, and I know it's not a shock to say it's rubbish, but it's. Like if if listeners haven't seen the Phantom Menace for a decade, let's say, uh, it's worse than you remember it being. In in purely like structure, in a purely structural way, <laughs> like in terms of the plot making sense narratively from point A to B to C to D, it doesn't work at all on that level. Yeah, there there are bits in it that are kind of okay, but uh, it makes no fucking sense. It makes no sense. It's it's really really bizarre. So that's the Phantom Menace. Um, uh, watched also uh, Steven Universe the movie, which was a movie version of a TV show that we watch, which we enjoy. Uh, that was really good, really great soundtrack as well, which Natty has been playing kind of on repeat lately. Um, let me just bring up some of the people who were involved in the music because I, I remember seeing a big list. Of people who are involved in it. Uh, collaborations. Hang on. Uh, 
Okay, here we go. Uh, Chance the Rapper, Estelle, Gallant, Amy Mann. I know Je Barry's a big a Amy Mann guy. Uh, Jeff Liu, James Fontelroy, Macy Stewart, Mike Crawl, Jeff Ball, Grant Henry, Julian Sanchez. Um, so it's a really fun movie. Uh, I think it's, um, I think it's something that people do need to kind of watch and understand Stephen Universe to kind of get the movie to an extent. Although... Your friend Anton, did he watch any of the TV series before he watched the movie? He's watching it now. He's watching it now. I think people would enjoy it without watching the series, but I think there, there's definitely a lot in it that if you haven't watched the series, it will kind of go over your head. Um, but definitely the, the kind of main takeaway from it is the, the music was really great. Mm -hmm. And Steven Universe as a series has always had a really unique music sound to it. And that kind of continues in the movie, and I thought it was really good. Really good movie. Really enjoyed it. Um, for a TV movie, for a Cartoon Network movie, I thought it was very good. Uh, now, I listened to Mark Kermode and his podcast. Yeah. Uh, he does well. He does his own podcast first of all, which I listen to and I enjoy. He also does the on Radio Five Live. Him and Simon Mayo do their yeah. movie. I also listen to that quite enjoy. Now. I listened just recently on his own podcast uh, feed. He put up a list of his top movies of the year so far and his worst movies of the year so far. So I watched both his favorite movie and one of his least favorite movies of the year. Just out of interest. So, he listed, uh, I was surprised to hear he only had it at number two, because the way he talked about it, you think it was one of the worst movies ever. Um, one of his least favorite movies of the year, Under the Silver Lake. Um, I can't remember what he actually ra ranked above it. Was it some, like, dog movie or something? Uh, the I don't remember. But um, he, he really talked about Under the Silver Lake really, really poorly. And one of his main gripes with it was like that um, Andrew Garfield plays this kind of, I guess, like a perv in it, which he kind of reacted to as as being like oh, overly sexist, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, so I checked out Silver, Under the Silver Lake. I don't think it got any kind of cinematic release, at least not over here. Uh, it is out on DVD though, because I, I saw it in a shop. Um, and I, I, I have to say when I was, when I was watching it, I first watched like only the first half hour on its own in isolation and then watched the rest of the movie because I, I started watching it on the train on the way home from work. And I kind of got a, the same kind of feeling as, as Mark Kermode, actually. I kind of thought, you know, I, I think in the context of a movie, you can allow characters to not be... Um, you know, likable or not be good people if in the context of the movie it has a reason, you know? And I kind of felt like a few of those early scenes um, didn't really make sense in the context of the movie. In fact, they just seemed kind of stuck on for no real reason. Um, I should point out, by the way, before I go on, that Under the Silver Lake is the follow-up by the director who made It Follows, 
which I really enjoyed. I thought it was really good. Um, So after the first half hour, I kind of understood his point of view. I said, yeah, you know, I'm not really so sure that this going this way with the character makes sense in the context of the movie. Um, After having seen the whole movie, I kind of don't agree anymore. Because it does come into play in the context of the movie, and I and I don't think it's done in an overly like egregious yeah. way. Like it doesn't actually come off as sexist to me. For example, it comes off as saying something about sexism in Hollywood. Like that's the point it's making. Yeah. The film itself is not sexist, which is where I think he. I don't. I don't want to say that this kind of like really well known and really clever, really well spoken, erudite film critic didn't get it. But I always feel like he didn't really get, <laughs> which is a shame. Uh, and I actually found it a really, really compelling, like modern noir film. Um, that I thought Andrew Garfield was great in it. Um, it it, it definitely feels a little bit. It's it's a noir in the sense that it's it's like a mystery of this girl. This girl he meets goes missing, and he feels like compelled to to find her, right? Um, but it kind of takes place in a reality that is not our reality. Let's say it's it's definitely something. It, it kind of felt to me a little bit like a Big Lebowski, right. in the sense that things happen in in a way that doesn't necessarily follow on from point A to B to C. But in the, in terms of the reality of that world, in terms of that in terms of that dream reality, it does make sense, and so you can accept certain convoluted revelations lead the character from one thing to another. And I actually completely um, proportionately flipped from Kermode. It's actually one of my favorite movies of the year. I thought it was really great. Interesting. It is very arty-farty, though. Yeah. And I can see that criticism of it as well, but I thought it was really phenomenal. I thought it was really compelling kind of as a straightforward noir film i found it compelling on the level that i love i love films that feel like a dream or feel like a nightmare and definitely has that as well um yeah i kind of liked it across the board so, sorry mark i thought it was great um so i would say definitely worth a watch <laughs> um i then watched his favorite movie of the year rocket man really? which rocket is man. the dexter flex uh, fletcher Flexter, I was gonna say. Dexter Flexter. Dexter. <laughs> the Dexter Flexter, Elster, Jexter. Dexter Flexter is in Phantom Menace, isn't he? <laughs> He's the viceroy, actually. I think. <laughs> um, the Dexter Fletcher Elton John biopic. Um, now I'd love to say that I thought it was rubbish, to be completely, you know, contrary. Uh, yeah. But I actually thought it was very good. And um, what stands it apart from stuff like Bohemian Rhapsody, which was shite, to be honest, is, first of all, it's a musical more so than a straightforward biopic. So it has songs in it that don't necessarily fit with when the song was written, let's say. So like the right, film right, would right. open up with, I, I forget what song it is, but let's say, after, I know Saturday Night's Alright for Fighting is very, very early in the film, for instance. Yeah. So it's it's a musical where the songs are, are used to kind of accentuate stuff that's happening at that point in his life. Um, 
But it also has some moments in it that kind of elevate it from being your straightforward biopic. Um, without comparing it to a movie like Get Out, which is one of my favorite movies of the decade. Get Out is is quite a, a, a good horror movie that's elevated by certain moments. Like, I love the uh, sunken room scene. And I remember watching it thinking, yeah, this is a fucking, this is a real movie I'm watching here. <laughs> Rocket Man has certain moments like that where the the director kind of takes the movie out of the reality in which it takes place and does something a little bit more dreamlike uh, again. Yeah. And um, and in the context of Elton John, this you know bigger-than-life personality, that kind of worked as well. And not to mention I quite like Elton John's music, <laughs> so that, I kind yeah. of enjoyed it on that level as well. Um, yeah, I, I don't think I, it would be anywhere near my favorite movie of the year, but I thought it was pretty good. Uh, so another recommendation there. I yeah, I would like to see that when it when it's streaming. Um, so the performance looked good, and again, yeah, Elton John. It it's, looks like we're quite um, open in terms of talking about the things he's been through as well. It is. It's it's it's, it's compared to Bohemian Rhapsody bit. again. It's not like overly simp- uh, sycophantic, which Bohemian Rhapsody kind of was in a sense. Yeah. It, yeah it's, sometimes Elton John is a prick in it. <laughs> <laughs> which is in real life I guess um, no it's it's very very good very good um, I topped up on my The Rock filmography oh god here he comes because I was missing one Hobbs and Shaw the Fast and Furious movie um, so I watched that finally so I, as of the 15th of September 2019 I have seen all The Rock's films again Everyone he's ever written. Hobbs and Shaw. Have you tweeted him about this? Or? I have not tweeted him yet. I have not tweeted him yet. Wait until he next tweets and say, brother, I just caught your latest film, seen every single one. Um, kick ass. What was it? Boots to asses. Does he yeah. still do that? I haven't seen him do that in a while. No, I don't think he does all the hashtags anymore. Oh, uh, he's got a new one, probably. Yeah. Hashtag yeah. Jungle Cruise. Yeah. Hashtag Samoa. I love fucking Samoa, sorry, doesn't it? Um, Hobbs and Shaw is uh, the latest in the Fast and Furious series, well, a spin-off, because The Rock's not going to be in the main ones anymore because he don't like Vin Diesel, so he's going to do his own version of it with him and Jason mm-hmm. Statham. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you see that they announced the Fast and Furious cast with like John Cena and everyone in it? fucking 100 people in it. No, I didn't see this. Well, John Cena is officially confirmed. He's going to be in Fast and Furious so, 9. Um, he's also going to be in... Su- no, I'm mixing up with Suicide Squad. Sorry. Yeah, that's what... John Cena is... Yeah. In su- he's also in Suicide Squad. Yeah. Damn, yeah. John Cena confused me. Um, okay, Hobbs and Shaw, anyway, is, is horrifically stupid. Um, I kind of enjoyed it, though. It, it, I enjoyed it in, a, in an X-Men Origins Wolverine way. Where I, I understood that what I was watching was like the most stupid rubbish. Stupid bollocks. Stupid bollocks, yeah. But kind of fun, stupid bollocks, you know? Yeah. Like, the, I, I, I'm, I am getting a little bit sick of The Rock, to be fair. <gasps> I, I know that's fucking sacrilege. It's blasphemous to say. But he's so fucking. He's so far up his own hole. 
with the <laughs> with the righteous uh, family man with a fucking big muscles but a heart of gold and he go home to Samoa with his mama oh son you have come back home and mama I'm back oh. and I got big fucking muscles now oh, oh man I fucking couldn't I had to like oh I felt like I did scratch my skin off watching it oh he's such he's such a prick <laughs> he's such a prick the rock oh man Roman Reigns is in it as well though and he went ooh and did a spear which I was very oh, happy about he and he did a Samoan drop because he's from Samoa, obviously. Did you pop for his appearance? I did a little, a, a little Roman Reigns pop. I did. Did a fist, the old lock and load. I I did an old, ch- ch- and I fist punched went. the floor as you do. Yeah. And pyro went off. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's good, but simultaneously it's really rubbish. So. That's kind of where I was with it. I think I enjoyed it more than Barry. I think Barry was more down on it than me but i kind of have the same criticisms as he did it's like it's so stupid um i don't really have any more anything more to say about it it's it's exactly what you would expect it to be um although one thing that the fast and furious movies have never had was like a comic book villain like the the fast and furious movies have always been like real stupid right like cars going through a building or whatever but the villain has always been you know somewhat realistic as a person you know whereas this was the first one where he's like he could have been ripped straight from deadpool or something you know it didn't feel like a real a real person um and as i say the rock uh the rock is a very annoying man now because people, I don't know if you know this, Joe, is people only go to see The Rock's movies for to have a fun time. Um, and so he's going to give you, so we can do maybe for the rest of the movies The Rock ever makes, we can do uh, Dwayne Johnson bingo, right? Um, he'll make some kind of philosophical reference. Could be Nietzsche, Kant, um, I don't know. Name another philosopher. You got any more? Uh, Descartes. D- uh, Descartes. Uh, Locke, maybe. Uh, Socrates. Yeah. So the Rock will make some kind of reference of that because although he's muscly, right? He's smart actually. Ah, um, uh, because he knows the philosopher thing. Yeah. There will be some bit where the Rock eats a comically big plate of food to remind yeah. you that although smart, he is muscular. And that's how he get his muscles, right? Um, the Rock will um, <laughs> have a child in every movie he makes, probably a girl, uh, because although muscly and smart, he also a family man. Right. And um, some reference to loving Samoa, probably. <laughs> in fact, I I predict that every single film The Rock ever will ever make for the rest of his life will have a scene that takes place in Samoa. Uh, so there's your Hobbs and Shaw review. Um, it, it were not good. And then finally, two movies that I watched back to back. Because I had heard they were very good. And I was, frankly, waiting for a 29 movie to come along to blow my socks off. Because I'm still waiting. Right? 
Because this this year has not been great for movies. Let's be honest. Really? What about up up Silver Lake? Uh, Silver Lake's twenty eighteen, I think. Oh, was that last year? Okay. Yeah. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, when did that come out? Uh, it was released here in no fifteenth of March twenty nineteen. You're right. Okay, well that's probably that that probably be my best move of the year then. Um, so I watched Book Smart, and I watched Eighth Grade. Well, now you're talking my kind of language. Have you seen either of these? Both. Both of them. Both of them at the scene at the cinema. Okay, let's talk about them then. Uh, so Book Smart, first of all, um. I I quite enjoyed. I didn't love. Mm. Um, I would agree. I I thought it was very good, and to, and to be honest, I thought the strongest aspect of it was kind of the more dramatic parts. Uh, yes, especially the scene where like, no spoilers here or anything, but about an hour in, the two girls have kind of like a falling out. Yes, that entire scene. Yeah. Real fucking good. <laughs> Once they actually get to the kind of party they're trying to get to, that's when it gets good, basically. Yeah. For me, there's a whole kind of swimming pool scene, which is really, really kind of interestingly done. Uh, and then the fight, and then there's a kind of attempted sex scene that doesn't quite work out. I think you know the one. Yeah. And um, yeah, that's when it got really good. Because before that, it felt a bit like a kind of sub super bad wild goose chase to you know get to a party kind of thing and it was just like felt like they were killing time before they got there yeah and i didn't enjoy that but then once it got there it was like wow where has this movie been hiding yeah i mean i think a lot of the early scenes where they go to parties i mean they, they go first to your man i forget the kid's name who has the like boat with nobody on right I actually quite like that character. I, th- I think in terms of stuff that was funny, I think he was probably yeah, he was good. Especially, oh my god, the joke about oh, what is it when he's got the audio book? Can't remember who it was. Anyway, that was great. <laughs> uh, yeah, I did like that character. Um, but like they go, and then you have Princess Leia's daughter is there. That was quite good. She was quite good in it as well. Um, and then yeah, they go they go to the boat. Nothing really happens. Then they go to the party with the like theater kids nothing really happens there so yeah i mean i see your point that it was kind of a spinning of the wheels um i did like the two leads though i thought they had very good chemistry i thought they were very good but i again yeah i i guess i liked it when they were acting like real teenagers in a sense like i liked it when the film was more realistic and less about wacky hangover style set pieces yeah, like so, I, I loved at the beginning where she pulls up in the car and they're fucking dancing in their, you know, robes or whatever. Like that was great. That was great. That was great. And I feel so. If you, if you kind of look at the sort of production history of the movie on Wikipedia, mm. it um it started as a very kind of different movie. It's almost like a, uh, what's that one? Mike and whatever need wedding dates. Okay. You know, it was it started out as that kind of thing where they're trying to get like dates for the prom and stuff and probably very kind of typical you know teen comedy sort of thing and yeah. I think over um, as it went through production it changed quite a lot and Olivia Wilde came on board as director and I think you can kind of see in the movie there's a lot of bits left over from those early kind of scripts yeah um, 
that were a bit more broad. Uh, there's even a bit where they kind of go to the library to try and figure out where the party is, and it's supposed to be like a you know s- detective treasure hunt style thing, mm. and it doesn't fit at all. <laughs> it's completely pointless. But for some reason, they I guess they had to leave it in there for plot reasons. Right. But um, yeah, it's, it's, it could have been. So I did like it, but I feel like it could have been such an even better movie. Mm. It had focused on that kind of last, you know, half an hour. Yeah, because I think I think the strongest stuff was not to get too too sad on you here, but like you know, as an awkward teen, there was a lot in it that I found relatable, if not necessarily yeah. literally relatable thematically i found very relatable and that was the stuff that worked the most for me you know being kind of that feeling of being lost at a party and you know we need to go like that stuff i thought was really really strong really powerful powerful stuff and um yeah i guess yeah the wackier stuff kind of didn't work as well but that being said very good debut for uh livia wild and very good movie and did you know that Beanie Feldstein, who's one of the girls. Jonah Hill's sister. For real? Yeah, real Ooh. sister. I Jonah did. Hill's real name is, is Jonah Hill Feldstein. Right. That's huh. her sister. Huh. Is that what? Anyway, good good film. Yeah, I mean, she look a bit Jonah Hill, yes, I suppose. Well, yeah, now you see it. Now you say it to me. I, can't, I see it. Oh, she don't don't let Michelle hear, right? Because I know Michelle don't like Greta Gerwig. Uh, but Beanie Feldstein was also really, really good in in Lady Bird. La- Lady Birds, Lady Birds, a really fucking good movie. Um, and then I watched, right? So you want to sit down for this? A better movie, uh, called Eighth Grade. Here he comes. Here he comes. I thought Eighth Grade was great. Yeah. And that was really great. Speaking about like kind of relating to sort of awkward teenage years. Yeah. Well, even earlier, awkward. Uh, yeah, like 13, 12, 13. Yeah. Something. I thought it was, I thought it was really well written. I thought the, the lead girl, I, I don't remember her name. I thought she played it like perfectly, and she was perfectly cast as well. Yeah. Um. Oh, it was just so good. It was so so good. Um, and what I liked about it specifically was like you know you have the first of all the juxtaposition between her like YouTube mm. persona and then her how she was in, in real life let's say this quiet girl no one talks to her she makes the effort sorry she doesn't make any effort and that's why you know there's kind of a disconnect there mm. Um, I love the, the, the pool party scene Oh, oh god! Where she's like calling her dad and saying, "I'm the last one here. Come get me!" Blah blah blah. And in fact, what what I found was a lot of um, what I found really interesting about it early on was that she would like lie in it. Like she lies to her dad when she says, "Like I'm the last one here. Come get me!" Blah blah blah. And then in one of her videos that she's making, she tells the pool party story, but from the point of view of her being the the girl having the party, not being the person invited to it. Yeah. I just found that interesting from a point of view of, you know, people will not necessarily lie to, 
be intentionally deceiving, but will just kind of she just kind of does it so matter of factly. It's not a big lie. It's not you know it's a little white, yeah, little white lie. It's like a self preservation. Yeah. Um. See, that's a that's a, a film that has you know funny moments in it, but is not overly wacky and has real kind of moments of sadness and like there's the towards the end the the bit where she asks her dad like do i make you sad yeah bits like that um and one thing that i liked about eighth grade that i guess to contrast again with book smart right one of the weaker aspects of book smart was the film early on sets up all these characters as being not bullies necessarily but the you know the unlikable kids there's yeah. the one girl who says, you know, we're going to the same college. I'm not. I'm going to pretend I don't know you. You know, yeah. don't talk to me when you go to this new college. And then, you know, is pulling up on the side of the road. Hey, get in my car, friend. Mm. For no real reason. And that, you know, by the end of the movie, with, with, with no real turnaround, all the characters are just, they all like her suddenly and they're all clear. Yeah. Well, why? why? Why did they all like her all of a sudden? Nothing really happened. Yeah, her. she was really awful. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing really happened to make them all like her all of a sudden. And in, in eighth grade, I liked at the end that, you know, she confronts the girl who was horrible to her and is like, well, I wrote you a letter, I thank you letter, and you didn't even reply, and you didn't remember. Like, the, the, that character isn't redeemed. You know, the, 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 the bad kid is still a bad kid at the end of the story. Yeah. The 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 kind of redemption is that the character we like feels like they've kind of stood up to them and that's where the redemption comes from. And uh yeah, I thought it was really really good. It was brilliant. Eighth yeah, grade. That, Definitely worth captured the awkwardness of those years perfectly. Yeah. To the point where it was like a horror movie at times. Now when it comes to my young youngster angst trilogy I've watched Booksmart. I've watched Eighth Grade. I've one to go. Go on. Mid nineties. Yeah. So I'll probably have a mid nineties review for you next week. Oh god, I can't wait to rewatch that. It's <laughs> a beautiful film. But Eighth Grade, great, and and mid nineties directed by someone whose name we just said five minutes ago is Jonah Hill. That's right. So these are it's it's not only three movies that are thematically very similar, but three directorial debuts: Olivia really? Wilde, Bo Burnham, and Jonah Hill. Interesting. Mm. Right. Um, I'm going to give before we go on to the wrestling off. I'm going to give the answers for Songs of Rays. Here we go. Here we go. Right. I'm Me think- auntie had wind for the- five minutes. I'm thinking the way I'm going to do it. By the way when it comes to Songs of Rays, is I'm just going to do it once a month for the listeners. I don't think we'll even do a prize. We'll just do it as a game that people can play. Yeah. And uh, the reason I want to do once a month, it's going to take too long <laughs> to do. I can't do one every week. Okay. Um, We'll do one once a month, and I'll give the answers at the end of the month. How about that? And people can just play it. So let me just play one more time for people who don't remember. Or who want a last minute attempt at the uh, at the songs? I'll play the little clip. Remember, the point of the game is we make the sound clip that says a wrestler's catchphrase, made up of parts of different songs. You have to get the artists of the songs. So I'll play it now. That's the bottom line. 
your answers are, right? That's the was that's the way I like it. Casey of the Sunshine Band. That's, that's the, the way, way. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I like it. Uh, that's the bottom Nickelback. How you remind me? Bottom of every bottle. Oh yeah, that's a good one. Right. Uh, lo- that's the bottom line. Line was Toto. Hold the line. Oh okay. Line. Burr, burr, love it. Oh it. Right. Cause I think everyone mm. got that. Cause oh. I've had until Bill, Bill Medley, Jennifer Warnes from um, I've had the brackets time of my life that movie Uh, Stone, Rolling Stone, Bob Dylan Cold Little Tuffy here Foreigner, Cold as Ice You're as cold as ice That's the one Uh, Said was from oh, how many bloody songs are there? Come on, Eminem, Real Sim Shady, Dr. Dre said, and then so was Pink. So what? This is impossible. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's your answers for songs to raise for September. So we'll do one in October. How about that? Give me your, give me a couple of weeks to make it. For fuck's sake, lads. Come on. Uh, so let's talk about wrestling then. Yeah. Nothing major this. In no, it just. Um, bit of odds and bobs. Bit of odds and bobs. Um, I've watched three shows that I can briefly touch on. We don't need to. Come on. Uh, just quickly, a couple of movements of interest. So, first of all, El Hijo del Fantasma, aka King Cuerno, what off Lucha Underground. He's on the WWE Performance Center now. So he got signed up. That's a quite good sign, I think. Good signing, yeah. He was he was great. He was great, and he speaks like perfect English. Good so English. get him in, right? Um. Also, our very own Session Moth Martina, what from Ireland? Oh yeah, she been signed to Ring of Honor. Uh, uh, why? <laughs> uh, don't you know? Well, presumably she's. I mean, I presumably it was loads of bunts, but uh, well, they have their women of honor, women of honor division, don't they? Yeah, they're she, not selling a lot of tickets at the moment, are they? That's a ring of honor. Yeah, that's what I'm wondering. Yeah, I don't know. I I would say from the point of view of someone who's looking to you know end game WWE, mm. um, there's no harm in the sense of work in the American Indies a bit more because I, I think she hasn't had a huge amount of exposure there. Uh, but then surely they know about her. It's not like she's... Well, yeah, but... Big for you know, I, I think a lot of the guys who have kind of made a big name on the Indies make it easier for themselves when they finally come in to WWE. Mm. You know? Um... So I'm looking forward to see Phantasma on the old NXT as well. He real yeah. good. Uh, so speaking of NXT, uh, this week NXT moves to two hours live on the USA. So I watched what turned out to be the final one hour NXT. So rest in peace. Oh, um, show I never watched once, but anyway. <laughs> actually I did watch it once. I watched it when they had that great. Uh, British Strong Style tag match. Oh, that's real fucking good. With um, Kyle O'Reilly and yeah, yeah. 
Roddy Strong, wasn't it? Strongy. Uh, well, they went off the air. Well, they didn't go off the air because the show is going to be on still next week. But uh, they closed out their one-hour run with a fairly nondescript hour where nothing really happened. Mm. Um, let me give you the rundown of matches and see if anything tickles your fancy here. Uh, Damien Priest defeated Boa. Who? Uh, Pete Dunne defeated Angel Garza. Mm. Cameron Grimes defeated Raul Mendoza. Mm. And in the main event, Shayna Baszler defeated Rhea Ripley by disqualification in a non-title match. Sure. None of those matches were that good. I watched them all. Trust me. Oh. Uh, so that was NXT. Um, looking forward to the first two-hour edition, though. Mm. Which I will have to check out. Uh, I don't know. I, I feel like I should, but... I'm sure they'll pull out some big stops for it, because it's the first one, so I'll probably watch it. But Well, we, we're getting... Matt Riddle, Killian Dane in a street fight. We're getting Velveteen Dream, Roderick Strong for the tag titles. Or, sorry, what are we talking about? The North American title. I think they're, they're teasing a tag title match, but I don't know if that's confirmed. But yeah, there'll be some good stuff on there. Um, uh, as I mentioned, I went to the OTT show at the weekend. That was oh, a yeah. real fun show. Very much enjoyed it. Um, some nice debuts on it. One one of the things I was looking most forward to for for the show was that there was a lot of names on it that I had never uh, never seen. So I was yeah. excited to give people a chat. Right. Um, so one of them was there was a six person tag match. It was more than hype against OJMO. Or the OJMO. He's a guy from Progress. Uh, Omari, who I'd never heard of. And Alex Cuevas. And uh, all three of those guys were great. Especially Omari, who came out. Picture this in your mind's eye, Joe. Uh, A really tall guy. Not really tall. A quite tall guy. With very generic tights on. Who looks like... He probably gonna be shit. (laughs) Um, fucking starts throwing running Booker T style hook kicks into the corner doing kip ups and flips halfway across the ring this this kind of Mario tell you they need to put the belt on him because he was real good also the other two guys were very good as well but uh, I couldn't believe this guy because <laughs> the other two guys were um, Alex Cuevas and OJMO are like small guys who look like they're going to be you know flippy guys they yeah, yeah. Then you got this big tall fucker doing fucking mood sauce and shit. What the fuck? So he was great. Uh, but the the new the newbie uh, MVP uh, Giselle Shaw, who had uh, a match for the OTT Women's Title with Valkyrie, they had probably the best OTT Women's match in about a year. Ooh. Uh, and if it were not for that crazy six-man match, uh, probably the best singles match on the show. It was really good. Uh, so excited if I see G- Giselle Shaw or Omari Alex Cuevas 
or the OJMO. See them on a show card again. I'll be signing myself up because they are all great. Uh, otherwise, um, David Starr and Scotty Davis had a real good uh, main event. Scotty Davis, who just tonight won the Progress tag team straps with um, Jordan Devlin. Um, so, yeah, real good show. And 50th anniversary card was announced, which will be next month in National Stadium. will feature Gorillas of Destiny Ooh. from New Japan. will feature Mustache Mountain off the WWE. And uh, Orange Cassidy from AEW. So, a little bit of everything. Like a super show. Yeah, a little bit of everything. And main event will be Jordan Devlin against David Starr. They're having a real good feud. Um, So, there you go. That was OTT. And then finally... Last little wrestle bit. Uh, New Japan finally put up their Super J Cup um, on their VOD, uh, which I'm which happened before Royal Quest. I'm only now watching. I've only watched the f- night one, and uh, it was very good. <laughs> Eight <laughs> Super Junior matches in a row. Um. Invented by Will Ospreay, amazing win. Had a very good match. I don't know that there was anything on it that I was really, really blown away by, but it was a good little show. Um, the problem is now is that I'm way behind on the New Japan because of how fucking slow they are putting their VOD up. Uh, so let's see. I still have to watch. Uh, the two more nights of the Super J Cup with the quarterfinals and semifinals and final though I believe I believe that they've only actually put up the Super J Cup matches they haven't put up the whole three hour or whatever show of the second third nights so that that won't take me too long to watch but um, they had a destruction in Beppu show this morning what I missed because I was watching still catching up with the Super J Cup um which is one of their their big shows of the month. So I will get a chance to watch that when, once I finish the Super J Cup. Uh, the problem with the Super J Cup, of course, is because Royal Quest happened after the Super J Cup, but Super J Cup wasn't streamed live, and Royal Quest was streamed live, uh, they spoiled who won the Super J Cup on it. Not that they spoiled it, but chronologically... Yeah, yeah. Watching that first didn't make any sense because now I know who wins the Super J Cup, so that was a bit of annoy- an annoyance. Weird. New Japan, the blame's on you. It's a strange, strange decision. Yeah. So that's the deal. Um, so once I finish the Super J Cup, I'm not watching, you know, their little road to matches uh, shows that are just tag matches on them and nothing. I'm only watching the main, the main New Japan shows. Um, the destruction in show, destruction in Beppu, destruction in Kagoshima, and destruction in Kobe. I'm only watching those three this month, and then next month we have King of Pro Wrestling, which should be good. Ooh. 
Hmm. Uh, New Japan Road, King of Pro Wrestling. I'm just looking at the schedule here. And... That's pretty much it. Oh, Super Junior Tag League 2019. That looks good. So, anyway, uh, so Super J Cup, pretty good. It was funny seeing um, the original Sin Cara was in it. Caristico. Oh. Funny seeing him. I haven't seen him in a few years. Didn't know he was still alive. Lol. Um, Covered from that injured finger. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Finally recovered. Um, so I think that's all we've got to cover this week, Joe. Yeah, that's all the wrestling, and that's that's going to do it for this week. So the only thing, I mean, the, the the shame of us kind of being off for two weeks was that we missed the uh, viral sensation of the year that was a little bit of the bubble, um, which is now, of course, it, that was two weeks ago, so it's now horrendously unfunny uh, to make that <laughs> reference, unfortunately. Um, but it was a good, good, good bit of crack when that was going on. Barry got himself, managed to nab himself a good few, few uh, retweets and likes there off of, off of that one. Yeah. Uh, some good, some good memes of that. Um, funny how jokes become so tragically unfunny in such a short space of time now, isn't it? You can't really. Uh, well, for the record, I still quite enjoy Olympia the Bublet. I mean, I, I wouldn't say um, I hate it, but you know. Once they start, once AEW start making their own jokes about it, it I kind of think, okay, well, it's time to move on. Yeah, the T-shirt they put out as well, pretty horrendous. Um, I did enjoy when Jericho did his follow-up video, and he fills the glass for the champagne, puts it down, and then drinks straight from the bottle. That was funny. That was funny. This is this in a jacuzzi as well. This is comedy, people. This is what we've been missing all these years. Yeah. So that's good stuff. Um, so that's going to do it for this week. Another edition in the bag. Uh, I haven't gonna... seen It Chapter 2 yet because I don't have a full day to commit to it. Oh, God. Yeah, don't bother. I will. I think I will watch at some point, but it's so long. When, do I, when am I going to have time? It's three hours. Just forward through a lot of it. Sure. Yeah, I think we, will we wait for it chapter two to come out on the old blue blue, and then watch it at like two times speed. <laughs> that might be an idea. Anyway, mid nineties this week. Don't worry, I'll watch. Yeah, it. watch that. Watch that. I'm probably gonna see Hustlers. Hustlers. Um, I'm interested to see as well. We'll see that. Um, but that, that's gonna do it for this week. Um, don't forget. To follow us for updates on Chershot Pod at Chershot Pod on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, you can email us via the website, chershotpodcast.com. Woo woo. Or you can uh, just follow us all individually. I'm sure you know the names by now. Yeah. Uh, if not, just figure them out. If not, uh, then don't follow us. Just. Yeah, don't bother. If you can't work it out, don't bother following. Yeah. Just Google it. Uh, so for, for me, Tony Boy Town Town and the Griff. Uh, it's a good evening. Bye. Bye.